So it's been like a very interesting past six months of really checking in with me and back to like who's running this business. Like I'm the boss. And when there's even like a question around that, I am, I like literally look at my feet and I stand a little bit taller and I'm like, I'm the boss. Like if there's any issue, um, I don't back down. Like I know who I am. I know what I am. I know what I have and I know what I don't. Can you build a successful business based on selling a feeling instead of a product? Definitely. Olivia Young did it. She's the founder and CEO of Box and Flow, a fitness class that combines boxing and yoga with self-discovery for women who aren't afraid to get messy and men who aren't ashamed to flow. It's growing fast, making an impact, and led by a woman who personifies integrity. Coming up, you'll hear how she learned by doing and trusting her instincts. How Olivia's $350 cab ride played an important role in claiming her own future. Why there are no mirrors at Box and Flow, but putting in showers transformed the business. The importance of connecting and knowing that you've got this. Making sure you're not learning from the same lesson twice. Why it's not about having the most, it's about making the most of what you have. Keeping in mind that everyone is doing business for themselves. And why Olivia posts photos of her feet on Instagram every day. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done, and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram, with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Olivia, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Before your career in fitness, you were in the hospitality and food industry. Walk us through your career path leading up to Box and Flow. I moved to New York after college to attend culinary school. So I really wanted to get into food writing, and I had read an interview by the then editor-in-chief of Food & Wine magazine, Dana Cowan, that said, you know, if you go to culinary school, it gives you an edge. So you sort of learn about what you would potentially be writing about. So I was like, okay, sign me up. I literally found an apartment on Craigslist, moved to New York City, enrolled at French Culinary Institute, like within a two-week time period. There was one spot open and hit the ground running. And it was the dead of winter and I hated it. I was lonely and cold. I'm from Miami. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll be a real shock to you. It was a shock and I didn't know what to make of the city yet. It was really yeah. lonely. But I was, so you didn't know anyone here. I knew a lot of people who moved after college yes. to come to New York. Yes. But everyone lived in Murray Hill and I yeah. like lived in Nolita, which I thought sucked. And it was actually the coolest thing yeah. ever. <laughs> um, but it was more that I was – I think I was just like lonely in, in myself because yes. I was focused on what I was doing. But outside of that, it, everything was just new and it felt new. So I had like a commitment every day to be in chef's whites from like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then it was up to me to sort of figure the rest of it all out. Um, How long were you in culinary school for? It was a six-month program and with the intention of getting into food writing. So yes. from there, I interned at Food & Wine magazine. I knew like this is what I wanted yes. to do. Yes. And I worked at Food & Wine and soon realized that the print media business was changing mm -hmm. and I wanted to get my hands dirty. So I applied to be Chef Michael White's uh, first assistant 
So he owns Maria and Ostria Marini, I Fiori, sort of 18 restaurants now around the world. Mm-hmm. And at the time he had one. And I was 23. I started as his assistant. I took all the PR in-house when I was 24, became brand director, grew from one restaurant to 18 in London and Istanbul and New Jersey, D.C., Hong Kong. Um, and then I was like, okay, what's next? So it was a really fascinating journey and something like we were just talking about recipes and food. It's a huge part of my life right now, but I wanted to be able to create something on my own and creating to me was beyond just working in restaurants or representing other people's brands. It was, I wanted to do something that really stood for who I stand for, what I stand for. And what year was this when you realized that you wanted something new? So it was 2016. And um, I had already simultaneously been running my uh, consultancy, representing like food brands and other chefs. And without knowing it, I was literally making money through a side hustle to eventually fund my own business. So I didn't know what the business was going to be, but I knew that it was something. And I spent a really long time soul searching and soul searching to me meant doing all the things that like didn't feel right. So like dating all the wrong guys because, (laughs) Oh, like I would get married and like, it wouldn't matter what my dreams were. It was just like the answer. Um, or working out a lot or, uh, working really hard or throwing dinner parties for 14, sort of distracting myself from my like intuition. Yes. And so I started to like spin a little bit and, through that like spinning process, reading a lot of books at the same time and like sort of diving into how do I want to spend my days? Like, What do I want to create? What do I want to bring to the world? What am I bringing to the world? And it was a really confusing time that like, you know, was filled with astrology and shrinks and life coaches. And how long was this process? It was really like six months. <laughs> but it felt like it felt like it was the end. Like I just I didn't know. I lost sight of who I was. And it was such a weird experience because I had sort of grown up with a ton of conviction. Like I wanted to move to New York to go to culinary school. I did. I wanted to work in food and wine magazine. So I did. I, I've been the sort of woman who goes after what she wants. And I didn't know what I wanted. And that was weird and and frightening in a lot of ways because um, I had always defined myself through the external, like the job title, you know, the boyfriend. Right. Um, And I'm so conscious now these days when people present themselves as such, like, oh, well, I'm brand director of this or, oh, I'm married to him or whatever it is. And I'm very sensitive about that because I think it's very easy to divine yourself through other things as opposed to who you are. So this six month period for me was, it was like dark in a lot of ways. It was very resistant. It was a lot of like fight, which is interesting because my business now is obviously, you know, a boxing yoga hybrid. Um, But I was fighting everything in life. I was resisting everything. Um, and this idea was brewing in me. I, I had it. I I knew that like I was committed every day to boxing and yoga since I was fifteen. Um, what were you resisting at that time? I I had sought a lot of advice. So when I went to mentors or fitness people or food people or family, it was like, well, you don't teach fitness. Like 
you're a consumer. Like you want to watch other people sweat. You want to teach people. You want to own a physical space. You want to run a business or do you want to like, you know, fly around like you do with like your iPad or your iPod or, or uh, your, your cell phone. Like I could work from wherever I was. I had never had like a really strong commitment to like keep two feet on the ground. I was always able to run my own show from wherever I was. So all of this noise created noise internally for me. And I started like ruminating over this dream that I had, this intention that I set to like bring to the world this feeling that I was getting every day through boxing and yoga. So at 15, I started doing yoga and it gave me like some sort of grounding and connection to myself without knowing at 15. And then at 20, I started boxing and boxing, I think really gave me my confidence and sort of forwarded that conviction, you know, knowing who I was and having the resilience to go after everything I wanted. So I, I put these two things together and to me, it gave me this feeling and, you know, I call it live young, you know, it happens to be my name, but really my name's Olivia. And I, I always say, you know, you work hard to live young. So you work hard, you put in the sweat, you, the work personally, physically, romantically, you know, spiritually so that you can then like celebrate. So boxing and yoga to me was always like the work hard and it was the feeling after that let me live young. And I wanted to bring that feeling to the world. I really, really did. But all of these words that I'm saying, that was, that was what I had. I had it on paper. I had it in my, in my mind. I'd never taught a class. I never run a physical space. Um, I didn't know anything about what I was talking about except what I was talking about. So people sort of sense that like, oh, that's nice. It sounds interesting. Or like, I don't get it. Um, no matter, it was, it was like all of the judgment coming at me that put me in this six month period of like, uh oh, what am I, who am I? And by that point I had already quit my job, opened a bank account, like was looking at spaces. Um, you, so you were ready to start something yes. and then uh, this concept just came to you one day. Is that how it happened? I don't think it was that it, it was, well, I was running over the Williamsburg bridge. And it was like, that's it. This is what I'm going to bring to the world. This is what I've been doing for so long. It's boxing and yoga. Why wouldn't I put them together? They're opposites. They create balance. They give you ease. And when you put in the effort and make you feel strong and soft and this duality of self that we all have, whether you're a man or a woman, whatever you are, like there's a strength and softness in all of us. And I wanted to bring that out. I wanted to give people the gift of seeing themselves through this resistance to feel this ease. Um, so it was, yes, running down the bridge that it came to me, Box and Flow. But it was through like – The name came to you too. Yeah, the name. It was all of it. I need to go run on that bridge. <laughs> it, I actually, was, it's so funny that you even say that. I, I used to live over there in Nolita and I uh, moved two years ago. And since I moved, I've like avoided the bridge. And I ran – at 5.30 this morning, I ran that bridge. <laughs> Why were you avoiding the bridge? So I, I feel like the bridge should yeah. be all over your branding. <laughs> I, why was I avoiding it? I think, you know, we we are on this journey and there's pieces of us that we bring with us or like leave behind. And I opened the business and I grew up in Nolita in a lot of ways. And then I I really established the business and I moved west. And I left everything east, like where it was. It was I feel like it's it's my old self in a lot of ways. And I remember the resistance I would carry every morning running over that bridge. And 
I feel like I shed that part of me. So revisiting it is like, you know, you, sometimes you go back to that. Right, and right. This morning I went back and I felt it. I was running before I was teaching like a sold out class. Um, but now I, it, it's empowering as opposed to uh, debilitating, which is an interesting feeling to revisit. And I think it's back again to like, you know, resistance and ease. Like I can see the resistance now very clearly as opposed to just feeling it. That's so, so interesting. Okay, so you developed the, the the concept in your head while running. You came up with the name. Then what did you do next? Where did you run to that day? Um, I think I was like looking, what, what what was this thing? What was I committed to? And this is what was. This is the name. And uh, I started writing a business plan. I It wasn't called Box and Flow to start. It was called Uppercut. You know, Shadowbox had just opened. I took a class. I left. I was so empowered. I was like, I can do this better. Like, there needs to be more, like there needs to be a spiritual aspect because boxing gave me, you know, my sense of self. It gave me clarity. And um, I kind of just hit the ground. I just wrote all the feelings. I wrote yeah. all the feelings without thinking about like, oh, what do these things cost? Like, oh, I have to rent a space. Like, oh, it's an operational business. And full transparency, I am not an operator. So the irony in the business that I run is – self-funded, bootstrapped, no partners, no investors, teach the class, my method, and um, I'm an operator. So the resistance ended up coming back in like me actually realizing what my business was. It wasn't just me talking about feelings and inspiring people to move because you can do that at other spaces. Right, right. And that was the advice that was, oh, just go teach your class somewhere else. And I was so focused on selling a feeling. And I didn't feel that I could create a feeling in somebody else's space where there's distraction and colors and noise and logos or whatever else it was. I wanted to, I wanted it to be gritty and raw in a way that speaks to like humanity. I wanted to really feel um, nothing except yourself. So I thought that teaching somewhere else was a distraction. It wasn't, it wasn't the brand that I wanted to bring to the world. So I went the harder way. I really, um, without realizing it at the time, right? I, uh, you know, I started looking at physical spaces. I started, you know, selling stock and savings that I didn't even know that I really had because I originally went out to raise money. But it was me saying like, oh no, like boxing and yoga, it gives you freedom. And people were like, that's nice. Like. Had you developed the class at that point? On paper. On paper, but you haven't – you didn't Never actually... taught it before. I used to – I had a Barry's Boot Camp, like, OG instructor who was very kind to me. She used to come to my apartment, my, like, teeny apartment. I had a stand-up boxing bag, and I would teach her the class, quote, teach her the class, and she would give me feedback on, like, group fitness teaching, like, the intonation of my voice. Yeah, and yeah. The the interesting thing about that is similar to culinary school, you don't learn to cook by going to culinary school. You don't learn to teach by going to teaching school. You learn yeah. to cook by cooking. You learn to teach by teaching. So the the idea that I literally found a space, I put bags on the wall, I painted it, $1,000 of PR for the first month and hired teachers that were like – that believed in me and this idea – um, and opened a business. And through the process... How long did that take? 
I, from when you signed the lease to opening. <laughs> so before I signed the lease, I uh, – this is actually quite funny. Talking about <laughs> like, you know, ex-boyfriends or whatever. I, I was looking for every reason not to start my business. So mm-hmm. one of them was an ex-boyfriend who was – fabulous and i think that i had this fantasy he's a coo i had a fantasy that like he would run my business and we <laughs> would fly off to the sunset together and you know sell it for hundreds of millions of dollars um but i was sort of holding on to him as opposed to moving forward in my own life and so we were uh in cambridge at his mother's 80th birthday party and everything was going wrong like he got in a car accident on the way to pick me up. <laughs> like everything that could have gone wrong, like every sign to be like, get out was happening. And we're finally at the birthday party. And I looked at him and I said, I love you, but this is just, it's not, it's not working. And I called an Uber and he's like, you're leaving my mom's 80th birthday party. And I was like, yes, there's a trunk show at this space and they're having a party. And I think it's the one and I got to go. So I called an Uber. They came to get me to take me to the Amtrak station. And the driver said, 500 bucks, I'll take you back to New York City. And it was like dark and the car was so comfortable. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, you're you're as crazy as you have been in your life right now. So it's like 350, you have a deal. He drove me all the way back to New York City. We stopped at a rest stop on the way so that he could like smoke a cigarette or go to the bathroom. I left my phone in the car. I went in to get a piece of candy. And uh all of a sudden I was the, I like couldn't find him. Oh so my god. In the rest stop, in the middle of the night. No, where no were phone. you? Like, no idea. Are you in Boston, Boston or are you in Massachusetts? And New it was York? like this chaotic again to add into this like anxiety ridden like experience. And ended up finding him. He found me and we drove back. I stopped to get cash on the ATM, paid him $350, saw the space the next day, signed the lease within a month, opened three months later, um, and started Box and Flow. I still had never taught a real class except for. One in the back of Church Street Boxing Gym on the morning that Muhammad Ali died. And it was like I I, I wanted to feel something. I, I was like, I'm going to teach this. It's going to tell me if I'm going to start my business or not. And I felt nothing. And uh, I actually, I, you know, still ended up opening the business. But yeah. um, I had to open the business without really teaching a class. Coming up, transforming a space into a thriving business. When you first signed that lease, what was the next thing that you did? I was working with a woman who, um, you know, I'd been seeking a business partner from the beginning because I, I really wanted to find an operator. And I'm very frontward facing in what I do in life, right? So I can speak to feelings and teach a class and the brand, the feel, the vibe, the colors, the everything that the the public sees, but when it comes to like the grit involved, I am not, that is not my jam. So I was working with this woman because I wanted to, I I was taking anybody that would help me. Because so it was like, oh, woe is me. I don't know what I'm doing. When like figured it out. So what did I do? You know, sourcing wraps from Pakistan, like boxing gloves, equipment, getting the build out of the space, making sure that there was enough momentum that people were going to be coming through the doors. Um But to be quite honest, I don't know that I was all that clear on what I was doing. I was just doing. I I was in it. I wanted to be sure that my teachers were good because I had, you know, this concept. And the concept is the class. And Box and Flow 
was never and is never about boxing and yoga. It's about, you know, I call it inspiration and empowerment through energy, breath, movement, and music. Because to me, boxing is a dance. It's It was me in the back of a boxing class, not paying attention to what the teacher was saying. I was in the beat. I was in the rhythm. I was in my body and I was out of my head. Similar to yoga, it's my dance. It's my breath. It's the inhale, the exhale. It's just feeling the movement of, mm-hmm. you know, the up and the down, you know, the jab and the cross. So I was focused on sharing that. I, I want I wanted to force people to feel. Because I think for so long in my life, not because I knew this or I didn't, you know, I, I was on autopilot. I was in a job for seven years that for much of that seven years I loved. But when it was over for me, I stayed. You know, there's there's also this idea of resilience. And I, I think about this all the time because I, you know, I have a team of 15 people. There's people who they get scared or shy and they run. And there's people like me who something's not going their way and I stay. I'm the last man standing. And neither one way or the other I think is best. I think it's about finding that balance. But, you know, in this business that I've created, I want to show people that they they should feel. They can feel. We can all feel but recognize what you're feeling and then without reacting, just handle it. Like don't run or stay. Like be very clear on what you're feeling and and deal with it from a place of knowing yourself first. I think that comes to you back to like flow through the fight. It's when things get tough. How do you handle it? Do you fight or do you dance? You know? Are you saying these things in the class? Yeah. Oh, I got to take this class. <laughs> it's And so this is why – to me, boxing it's very flow, therapeutic. It it was my therapy. It's my therapy every day for you know. Are you doing it life. every day? In my own way. So, yeah. opening this studio, it, it's it's been a challenge for me to take classes in my studio because much like chefs in their own restaurants, right. you don't enjoy the food in your restaurant. Yeah, you know the waiter is slow. The music's not loud enough. Right. Um. So I have an interesting relationship with going to the class, giving teachers feedback. And that's very much my job right now because if you want the product to be the way you want the product to be, you have to do that. And it's also like, you know, I I assume when I have children, like watching someone else watch your kid, it's never going to be how you watch your kid. Um, But in the class, I created this to spread this message that we are as strong as we choose to be, that we can handle, you know, hardship, challenge with ease, that we don't have to run or stay. We can just be very cognizant of who we are in the moment without focusing on like what was the past or what might be the future. Because I also think for so much of my life, I was planning what was next, whether it was in a relationship or like you plan the trip, you get there and it's like, oh, well, what's next? Yes, yes. Especially in New York and like the digital age. Especially in New York. Yeah. It's so easy to to be be on autopilot, totally. go to work, yeah. do what you've got to do at work, leave, fall into this routine. And, yeah. and I love that you're for- forcing people to feel because I feel like people just get, get away from that and, and don't and even know no. what they're feeling when they do feel something. And isn't something. that scary? It's very like, scary. We are meant to connect. Like – Human experience is about connection and sharing and feeling good or bad feelings, but it's about recognizing those as opposed to like hiding them. And for me, Box and Flow is is forcing people to feel and to see themselves. Like 
I always there mirrors say, everywhere? No mirrors. There's not one mirror. Because I don't believe in distraction. And I see everything in the room as the teacher. I see the people who can't be in their body. I see the people who can't be still. I see the people who get defeated and throw their hands down when it gets a little bit intense. And it's meant to make you uncomfortable because life is not comfortable. And when it's comfortable, you have to be prepared for discomfort because that's coming too. So I always say like live young to me back to this brand that I want to create. I'm creating long term. It's it's sort of like parallel to love yourself. Live young, love yourself. And the work hard part is, you know, it takes a lot of work to get to know yourself. And it takes even more work to learn to love yourself. Because so often we're resisting who we are in whatever way. Like you're in this great job, but like, is it for the, is it really for you? And it could be, could have been, it might not be in the future. Or you're in this great relationship and he's perfect on paper, but something doesn't feel right. And I think we get obsessed with what things look like. So I'm, I, I went from the, the craziest planner to someone who I have no idea, like, what is going on tomorrow. Like, loose plans <laughs> and the calendars in my head. But, you know, I, I believe you have to feel whatever it is. You know, you could walk into a room, huge event, or host a podcast and the guest next to you or across from you, something just doesn't feel good. I think you're not going to get up and walk out, but you're going to notice that if you're here. If you're present, you're going to notice it and then you can pivot in whatever way you see fit. But you have to be present first. So box and flow, you take the class. It's going to be impactful and powerful if you're in the room. How many people can attend the class? Up to 22. So it's intimate. Yeah. And it's hot and it's in your face and it's loud and it's meant to provoke something invoke something and it sort of builds 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 and the music carries through that and and then you come down to the flow and the music changes and there are glimmers of celebration where you sort of just feel your heartbeat and your breath to like again go back to like I did this I'm doing this this is me because how often do we celebrate ourselves rarely and uh I, I, I don't believe that that's the way it should be. I think that we need to acknowledge how much effort we give. I need I think we need to acknowledge, you know, what we're fighting or resisting. And I think that we need to come back to ourselves and ask the questions like, who am I? Where am I? What am I doing today? So like begin again every day with clarity that like no matter what comes up, you can you can handle it. I definitely hear how passionate you are, and it definitely makes me want to to take a class. Okay. Is it hard to switch gears and go from you know feeling and being passionate about the product and the service that you're providing to then putting on your business hat and saying, okay, how are we going to get people in here? How are we going to market this business? Yeah. Uh, is that a challenge for you? It's a challenge because I am so passionate, and I think I've had to learn along the way to say no when the answer is no and also say yes even when I don't always want to. Mm -hmm. Like in the simplest way of like free classes, like modeling agencies and other brands and partnerships, like it's not free. I'm not giving it away because I'm getting something in return. I think it's just always about like switching the perspective on like 
what the offer is and what, you know, you're giving to get. Um, it's challenging, incredibly challenging to your question to wear every single hat because I know very clearly what I'm best at and what I want to do. And I think when you want to do something, you do it. And when you don't, you don't like, um, but when you run a business and you're doing everything, there is no, oh, I don't feel like disciplining, you know, today or hiring a new manager or going to take a class, even though it might make me feel uncomfortable. Like I need to do that. And I think phase two of this business in just, you know, reinvested to build showers and build on what I have and then potentially taking on a financial partner to open a second studio. Um, For me, it's now about finding the support that I need to really propel this business to the next level, knowing, again, what I'm good at, what I'm not, and seeing the potential that I have when I have the support that I need to really build something that, you know, matters. You said you have a team of 15 people. What are the roles on your team right now? So like a front desk manager, I have a consultant, I have seven teachers and front desk staff. So who's the main operator? Me. Ah, so you are doing that role. Yeah, I say that okay. I and I should give myself that yes. credit. Oh no, I am I'm I run this business and um I'm learning as I go. And I think that's what everybody is doing. Yes, that's what everyone is doing. I think that's that's the big secret to running a business is totally. no one really knows what they're doing. Yeah, and I think that's it's interesting and it's humbling and it's also like it's what I tell myself every day, like flow through the fight. Like I teach myself as I teach other people. Even this morning I mentioned running over the bridge before I taught a class. And as I taught the class, I took the class with the class. And when the class was over, I felt the freedom that I'm almost positive the other 22 people felt because it's – I tell myself what I need to hear because what I need to hear is what we all in in many ways need to hear, you know, whether morning, noon, or night. It's just that like – we got this. Whatever it is. Like even if well, you're cut off or someone takes your cab, it's like, okay, chill. Yeah. You got this. Was there a big mistake that you made at all in, in the last few years? And and how did you fight through it? Um I make mistakes every day for sure. I I don't really like to call them mistakes, more so lessons, because i I'm confident in myself now that I won't make the same I won't learn the same lessons twice in reinvesting in the space that I have. That was my choice as opposed to taking on an investor. Um, so I, I very firmly live and die by the idea that it's not about having the most. It's not making the most of what you have. So I had this 1,500 square foot space and I found a way to put showers in it two years in, which changed my business because people couldn't shower. Um And I think the lesson that I learned was – this has been the hardest lesson since I opened, but people will always tell you what you want to hear. And I'm compelling. I'm very passionate about what I do. But when it comes to like exchanging money, when there's business involved, everybody's doing business for themselves. And I lead with like heart. Like I believe that, oh, you believe in me. We're going to build this together. And then like the invoice comes and it's like, what? (laughs) Or like the contractor that, you know, saw me and he wants to build this business with me and then like screwed me seven days to Sunday, you know? And so the biggest, I think the biggest lesson I learned was I lead with integrity. You know, I don't want to ever come off as like disingenuous 
But that's not how the universe always works. And to me, I've become more discerning when it comes to people. So you sort of catch those glimmers, that feeling. Because I always had, you know, I think I probably felt those feelings and I didn't act on them. So I wasn't listening. I was resisting my intuition. So going forward, I will not learn the same lessons twice because I will check in sooner. How much money did you need to start this business? So to start it, it was probably uh, less than $150,000. And again, so I, I was running this consultancy on the side. I was representing chefs and literally taking 17 to 20% of whatever fees they were making. So weddings in Bali for a lot of money or big celebrity weddings in LA, you know, for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I was taking 20%. And without knowing, I'd saved, you know, over, over well over $100,000 to start this. And um, then in this new remodel, like, went sold stock <laughs> like and that's when it so you raised money no oh. i like from my personal oh, savings oh got it got it my uh my mother is really phenomenal and um she like bought me i don't know like at&t stock when i was four whatever something and i i reinvested in myself and that was the first time so two years in i really felt it like writing checks to start. It was like, oh, money I saved from this consultancy that was like, it wasn't my nest egg. It was like, wow, I got cushion. And then selling stock from like savings since I was four, that's when it started to hurt a little bit, particularly when it was paying people who weren't like were disingenuous, who I felt were really mm -hmm. taking advantage of me. Um, so it's been like a very interesting past six months of really checking in with me and back to like who's running this business like I'm the boss and when there's even like a question around that I am I like literally look at my feet and I stand a little bit taller and I'm like I'm the boss like if there's any issue um I don't back down like I know who I am I know what I am I know what I have and I know what I don't and I've had to sort of check in with that emotion like three times, one with a contractor and two other times with employees who really made me uncomfortable. And learning to be the boss is not something that I knew how to do. Um, so in the past, like with employees who confronted me, I sort of like, I backed down. I was like, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry you're unhappy. I'm so, right, right. instead of being like, who are you? I'm paying you. Right. And, you know, you said you were here for these, re you know, as opposed yeah. to being like, oh, no, you're unhappy. OK, well, there's the door. I don't have to pay you anymore. So now coming full circle, it's like I've been burned one too many times to mm -hmm. allow it to happen again. And I hope that I don't re-listen to this, you know, in six months and be like, oh, it happened again. But um, just yesterday, you know, a vendor overseas wants to overcharge me. And I literally wrote back the email. I was like, this is not how this works. I've been doing business with you for two and a half years. I can just as easily find somebody else to give my money to. So we can try this again and start over or like, thank you. We're done. Right. right. And, you know, being heavy handed, I think, uh, serves me well because it's not overpowering. It's just being very clear on what I'm asking for and what I'm getting. 
I think that's where things get confusing in, in everything, in relationships, business right, relationships, right, personal right. relationships. It's If you show up and you're like, okay, this is who I am. There's nothing, you know, I'm not hiding anything. This is what I want. Right. There's no confusion. So I think that's been my biggest lesson. Like just starting from a place of clarity, asking for what you want. And then if, if you don't get it in return, it's, it's, there's, it's off balance. Like, end it. So I think that's also really part of what I teach is, you know, get what you came for. You came here, you're paying $33 for a class. There are no mirrors. There are no distractions. You're your own worst enemy or you're your biggest fan right now. So what's it going to be today? And we have that choice every day to like lead with our ego or lead with our heart. And the ego is like, it's important. You know, ego is your confidence. It's, you know, where you're grounded and like where you have that conviction and resilience. But to me, it's like the heart, that, that authenticity that will take you far. I definitely have to try a class because I feel like you will leave that class being uh, a very enlightened person. So I'm very much looking forward to it. I hope Um, you come in. I definitely, definitely will. I think this is what I absolutely need. Uh, How are you finding your customers? Are customers finding you? I've been so lucky and grateful, like Jules, you know, word of mouth. People come in without knowing that they're going to feel something. And if they do, they tell everybody they know. So to date, it's been really word of mouth. Like first month paid $1,000 for PR to like bring people in. Um, And from there, it was sort of just all authentic, natural word of mouth business. And now it's like, okay, well, Olivia, the world is, you know, in real time, you need to spend on digital marketing and potentially hire people going forward. And I do. That's, again, about team and Mm -hmm. bringing on a financial partner to sort of support me in these ways. Um, But it's been completely uh, natural thus far. Are you using social media at all to grow your business? Uh, No, I am. Like, I'll sponsor some posts and (laughs) – um, Instagram, sure. But I think coming back to like, who's running the business, I, I have, I have a lot of time. I make the most of every hour, like up at 4am today. Um, but I can't do everything. And part of all of this that I speak about, like I'm writing a book and I work a lot with food still and designing a leotard line, because to me, it's, it's not just a class. It's, it's the way that you live your life. And I will never tell you how to live your life just like you won't tell me how to live mine. But if you put in the work in yourself, like you will be able to live your best life. So, you know, the leotards are quite simple and price approachable. It's sort of anti-athleisure because it's not really about what it looks like. It's how you feel in it, right? It's, you know, the the book is so much of what I'm saying. It's a guidebook back to you. Um, Do you the, have a title yet for the book? I'm working with a couple, um, but not – I haven't pinned one down yet because um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about what really moves the needle. Uh, the front door of my space says everything you need is inside and to box and flow. Um, it's also this dichotomy of like work hard, live young, sort of that balance. But something that really speaks most to me is – are you fueling your life or filling your time? It's the same with are you fueling your body or filling your body? I think it comes back to like how you 
live your life. Because again, we seek outwards when we don't feel within, whether it's like grabbing the drink or, you know, the, the text message, the late night, whatever it is. Like, and I speak to this in the class too. And after all of the noise and the fight and the DMX and Nirvana and loud noise, smoke, fight, when we finally come down to the mat, like what comes up when you sort of come down? And, you know, people crave stillness and a break for 35 minutes and then they finally get it and they don't know what to do with it because we're not comfortable being just as we are because distraction is so easy. And that's when you start to fill space with noise or with food or with sex or work. You know, we busy ourselves because we are so uncomfortable just being in ourselves. That's so interesting. And I know something that you do on your social media is live isms, which yeah. I'm getting the <laughs> I'm getting it live here right now and I'm absolutely loving it. Um when did you start that? Almost, I guess a year ago. Uh that's so that's yeah, that's so interesting. And I write all of them like I have a in I literally sent this Google Doc with my live isms and there's almost 300 at this point. Um, and it's literally a photo of my feet every day, my sneakers before I go run or to yoga or to box and flow. And it's me basically saying like with a timestamp starting now, like this is my beginning today with a note to myself and in the hopes that people will see it and it will inspire them to begin again, like as they are today, as opposed to holding on to what was yesterday or like what might be from this moment. And it's just that acknowledgement of I am here as I am who I am now. And it's powerful for me because it's – I don't plan it beforehand. It's usually me grabbing my phone, running out of the elevator, and in that like two-minute time period of like what do I need to tell myself now? What do I need to hear today? And it's the same way as I teach my class. It's like what do I need today because we all in this human experience we we need the same things yes we need the same things we need connection we need clarity we need love and commitment and community and um and also stillness so i don't think that anything that i say is different than other people have said over and over again it's just a matter of being able to parlay it so that people not only hear it, but also listen to it. We actually got you a gift based on seeing your live-isms uh, on Instagram. It's actually right here. Uh, something we love. Yes, yeah, please, please. We love to do with our guests is to, we love to surprise and delight them. And this is also something that we recommend our clients do when engaging with their customers on social media. So we wanted to give you this journal so you can oh, write everything down. And thank you. You may have a ton of journals, but hope I this don't. one. Oh, I do not oh, have a good. journal. Oh my god, I love it, and it's and it's gold and pink and iron. Oh, this is so beautiful. And Elizabeth, this is so nice. Thank you. You know what? I yeah, need... write them down, and yes. then maybe it'll turn into a book one day. Thank you so much. This is so thoughtful. Thank you. I need one. Um, I'm so flattered by the gift you gave me. I I want to return the gift. I would love to give all of your listeners twenty percent off class packages at Box and Flow when they mention Entrepreneurista. 
thank you so much. I know that they're definitely going to enjoy it, and I know I will too. Yes. Up next, following your intuition and being a boss. A common theme from all of the guests we've interviewed on our podcast so far is that they've all relied on support from other women through groups. So we decided to start an Entreprenista Facebook group. Head on over to Facebook and search Entreprenistas. We really wanted to create a community for Entreprenistas to connect, share ideas, help each other solve problems, and learn from all of our collective experiences. If you join the group, it's really a safe space to talk about being an entrepreneur, sharing your wins, asking for help when needed. It's going to be an exciting 2019, and we can't wait to meet you so we can learn and grow together. If you could only give one piece of advice to someone listening, what would that be? One piece. I want to say trust yourself, but with that, it's know yourself. Because you can't trust yourself if you don't know yourself. So I talk a lot about, you know, self-love and live young to me means love yourself. But to love yourself, you have to know yourself. To trust yourself, you have to know yourself. And I think that we're always learning more and more about ourselves. It's not something like, oh, I know myself. Right. Like, you know yourself today. You know yeah. yourself here. So are you willing to invest in an ongoing way to continue moving forward, to get to know yourself more and more? Because who you are today or now isn't necessarily who you're going to be tomorrow. I think it's just a matter of committing to always improving, like along. How this do you journey. get to know yourself? Because, like you said before, a lot of times people are uncomfortable being alone, not doing mm -hmm. anything. They like to keep themselves busy or filling themselves with things that probably aren't going to add value to their lives. So, so how I do you get to? It's just as you said. It's you know that you know that what you're doing or how you're spending time isn't serving you to a certain extent, like. We wake up every day, the same routine, same coffee shop, same workout, you know, same job, same relationship. And that's not to say like, get up and run for your life. It's to say, what am I doing? And what do I have? And how can I make the most out of this? So even like recipes, you know, I don't always use different ingredients or like make something different, but I spin it. You know, there's like, I always speak to like making magic out of monotony and have the same fitness class teach the same class every day. It's always different. You wake up next to the same person every day. Like you have to keep it interesting. Same smoothie every day. It's always different. And that's just like I add chili powder, my chocolate, you know, lime zest, you know, something a little bit spicy. Um, so how do you know yourself? It's a matter of like knowing what you, what doesn't work for you. If you are unhappy or unsettled, listen. There's something that's causing you to reach out, to fill, to need to grab the drink at five o'clock or watch the, you know, the clock all day long at your job. Like you're filling your time. Quit. That's extreme. But like, look into that. Listen to those right, signs. Right. You, know, you step into a meeting or I literally go on a date now and like within a second I feel the energy and I'm like, Okay, not not in. And I'm open <laughs> to being like my mind being changed. Yes. So it's not that harsh. But I also know myself to an extent of like when I start making excuses, like, oh, well, he's nice, but like, uh, or he's really nasty, but he's hot. 
Like, maybe I'll go out with him again. Like, why? And I used to say, oh, go out with him twice. Or my grandma will say, give someone another try. That's nice, grandma. But like, <laughs> I got very limited time. Yes. <laughs> so I think it's just being present. Because if you're present, you're going to be like, oh, do I really need the third drink? Reach for the candy bar because I'm really bored. You know, late night text message because I need to feel loved. And like that's all emotion right, that we've right. all experienced. But I think if you then are like, okay, wait, do I really need to do this right now? How's it going to make me feel in an hour tomorrow? How do you decide what is worth your time? Just that feeling when you're... I think you don't know until you know what's not. Like, again, we're talking about fitness classes yeah. before. If you connect to something, there's a reason you go back. Mm -hmm. And maybe the reason is like you want to feel tortured for a second. If, <laughs> maybe the reason it feels good after. But if you dread going somewhere, listen to that. You know, you dread going out on like with the same person again. It's like if you're not looking forward to it, it's probably holding you back in some way of mm -hmm. like getting to your next step. I think it's um, our lives are our own, right? It's sort of these stories that we're writing in real time. It's, I think it's about like owning that. What do you want your story to say? What is a typical day like for you? So funny, not planning. Like, <laughs> every day is different. Um, and I really like that because I feel like I'm just like on a journey. But I wake up very early. What time? By five o'clock. Wow. Without an alarm. Like, but that's also like. I don't know, Monday I woke up at six and I was like, yeah. wow. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm late. It was like, yes, universe. <laughs> um, because my body needed sleep. And mm -hmm. um, and I set an alarm if I'm teaching early, obviously. But I wake up, I I spend like a little bit of time, like darkness. And I call this like my magic hours. So I will start to answer some emails like when nobody else is around or awake so that I can really be efficient without any distraction. I eat breakfast every single day and this idea of magic out of monotony, like it's usually a sweet potato or an apple and sometimes with coconut oil or like chili powder. You know, I have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And then I lace my sneakers up mm -hmm. and I run to wherever I'm going. So I zip everything I need in my pockets, even like an extra sports bra or like another shirt because after I'm sweaty. Um, and I go to my studio or I box myself or go to yoga myself and – I always run – well, I take the livism, a shot on my feet to be really grounded to start. And then part of like running wherever it is, even if it's just like a mile, it's to like shake off whatever is still resisting me or I'm resisting from yesterday. And then I just begin. And from there, whether it's to my studio workout, then there's always, you know, shower, change, become a different human. Um, cause when I work out, I'm like in all black, all layers without any distraction of what I'm wearing. And then usually later in the day, I sort of dress in my mood and meetings or working with brands, recipe writing, staff meetings, um, creating. I, mean, I think I am, I love to create and I do that in every which way. So writing recipes wearing clothing, you know, connecting with people. Um, I learn by just like meeting others. 
and by learning about others, it shows me and it teaches me about myself. So even like dating, I've learned so much through sitting across the table from a guy who I either really connect with or I really don't. Mm -hmm. I think once you get really like clear, you see the person who needs to be the loudest in the room or the one who's so afraid to look in you, like look at you in the eye. And that's all a projection of something else. If it's not working out and you know it's just not going to be a fit, will you say something? No, I like have a good, I like have a good time because I'm learning and I like have a great cocktail and um, sometimes I'll be like, this was fun, but we're probably this probably not going to do this again. And uh, <laughs> I think that's back to like honesty. Just, yes, yeah. And I go back and forth sometimes. Like, should I maybe? But really, like, no, I think time becomes really valuable yes, when you have yes. so many other things that are pulling at you. So it's – I don't have more time than anybody else, but I really try to be pointed at how I spend my time. So even with, like, friends, you know, relationships change when you start a business or right. have big commitments. And I've shed the idea of needing to be everything for everybody because that leaves me feeling empty. So I know that I wake up early and I'm really efficient all day long and there are three nights a week I need to shut off and go to bed early because I want to feel great the next day because when I'm what, – What's early to you? I mean I'll be in, in bed by 8 o'clock. Oh, wow. Shut off Um, because it's like I – that's how I refuel. And when I don't sleep, it's because my mind is restless. Mm -hmm. And that's often, even though I speak to like finding, you know, sort of calm. Um, do you meditate? So funny. I, I always say that I think that that's like my next step. Um, I just did a transcendental meditation class a month ago. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. It's the, their whole thing is you have to meditate for 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon and that's just that's a lot of time for me. Right. So I was really good about it for the first few weeks, yeah. and now, now I just need to get back into it. But that's like the most common thing I've heard about TM. It's like yeah. that. If I could do five minutes and five yeah. minutes or ten minutes and ten minutes, but twenty and twenty is is a challenge. Um, my meditation to date has always been moving. So that run in the morning mm -hmm. to shake off the yoga, like my dance, sort of how I meditate is in motion. Um, but I have slowed down immensely over the years. Like my yoga used to be like 15 chaturanga push-ups and like jumping on my head and like the whirlwind hurricane. And now it's like juicy and slower and like more connected. And I think it's how my life is now. It's, you know, it's more connected as opposed to reaction airy. What so? What is next? I know you're in the process of writing a book and you're developing a um, new clothing line. But what's next for for Box and Flow? Another space to sort of build this brand and spread this mantra feeling. Um, I want to. I want everybody to feel this. And by saying this, it's a feeling that I know so well, yeah. but I don't feel it twenty four seven. And we all have like that moment of doubt or unsurety. Um, my anxiety creeps up in ways of like, 
I was just on a trip and I like way overpacked my suitcase because I couldn't decide on like which 50 dress that was basically the same to wear and nothing to do with the dresses. It was like my overstuffed mind. But the feeling I'm speaking to is like that freedom within that like dance through life, that knowing back to your gut, your intuition of like, I got this. It's like that belief in self, that clarity, that live young, if you will. But that feeling is only available through hard work. And that hard work is that work you put in to yourself every single day. After everything that you've learned over the last several years, what would you say being an entrepreneurista means to you? Owning my shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Believing in myself first. Conviction. Entrepreneurista. Um, I think you really have to believe in yourself and that is not something, again, it's not something, oh, like I got it. It's every single day knowing that you can, no matter what happens, this idea of flow through the fight. Like I can do this. I have this. I am this. That might be in the right name for your book. Flow Flow through the fight. Flow through the fight. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. Where can everyone find and follow you? So Box and Flow is on 55 Bond Street. You can find me uh, at Live Young. It's my Instagram. I write a blog, liveyoung.co. And uh, at Box and Flow is the other Instagram for the studio and the space. But please come take a class. Absolutely. I will. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Courtney, and this is the best business meeting we've ever had. Thanks for listening. 